0: You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Yorkshire in England. Home to the University of Hull, which looks after around 14,000 students. Amongst those students was 21 year old Liberty Squire, who went by Libby. Libby was in her second year and had thrived at university. She had done well in her studies, enjoyed the social aspect that being at university gave her, and had a great group of friends. Those that knew her said she was wickedly fun talented, witty and always made an effort to include everybody. She was a doting big sister to her brother and two sisters and was very close to her mother Lisa and father Russell. Libby had always been very bright and pushed herself hard to achieve good grades, but family said she definitely held herself to an impossibly high standard. Her mental health soon started suffering, she was battling an eating disorder, self-harming and her grades were slipping she continued to push through and persevered to get her A-levels and was beaming when she was accepted into university to study philosophy. Lisa said she was worried about her daughter being so far away, not wanting her mental health to start suffering again, but Libby was adamant it was for the best and couldn't wait for a fresh start. She took a gap year and went travelling in Paris, and by the time she got back, she was more than ready to move into the next phase of her life. She was in a strong relationship with her boyfriend of three years, Connor, with him saying she was the most interesting person he'd ever met, caring and empathetic. I know it's easy to say at my age, but I knew she was the person for me, he recalled. Libby was always busy and had lots of plans already made for when she graduated. She wanted to go travelling with her housemates and hopefully move into journalism. University had brought out another side in her, and Connor said she was more confident and happy than ever. On January 31st, 2019, at 8.30pm, Libby left her student accommodation on Wellesley Avenue, and she and some friends walked to another student house. Most students nearby were going out, and the plan was that Libby and her group of friends would have some drinks, play some games catch up, and then head out to a popular nearby club called The Welly. At around 10pm, she sent Connor a text message to say goodnight as she was leaving her phone at home. And, at 11.20, the group arrived at the nightclub, picked up by CCTV as they walked in. Libby was refused entry. She was clearly intoxicated and struggling to walk or stand and the security team turned her away, saying she'd already had too much to drink. They regrouped, and ten minutes later, her friends put her into a taxi, gave the driver some money, and told him to take her back home. They watched as the taxi drove off, and carried on with their night. Just before 3am, the group who were now starting to arrive home and wind down, sent a text message to a housemate of Libby's that had stayed at home, to see how she was. To their alarm... They said Libby hadn't come home, and they hadn't seen or heard from her. They assumed that she was still out at the club. Everybody started calling around other people's homes, wondering if she'd gone there. Not one person had seen her, and as her phone was still at home, they couldn't get hold of her that way either. They also found her house keys in the garden too. Not only was Libby very intoxicated, it was bitterly cold outside, and snow was covering parts of the road. They knew this wasn't safe if she was still out there, and they called the police right away. The police were definitely concerned, and the investigation moved quickly. Was it possible that she was struggling with her mental health again, and this had caused her to run away, they wondered. Her friends and family said they had to consider every possibility, but this one was highly unlikely. She had been in the best of spirits, loved her housemates, and had just received great marks and feedback from her Christmas assignments. Within just a few hours, the media was running with the story, and Libby was at the forefront of everybody's minds.
1: The two CCTV cameras are on a nearby property agency, and they show the area where people queue to get into the Welly nightclub here. Libby Squire's seen... Coming up to the club, off camera, she's turned away by a doorman and then
0: goes back down to the group. The businessman who's released the footage to police says he hopes it serves to jog someone's memory of seeing Libby that night. The police were able to track down the taxi driver. He said he had dropped her at Wellesley Avenue and when he glanced back, he saw her walking towards her front door. For whatever reason, Libby hadn't gone inside. Fortunately, the streets were covered by CCTV. CCTV and knowing the time she was placed in the taxi, it wasn't hard to find her and track where she had walked after getting out of the cab. Cameras showed Libby walking on the roads nearby at 11.37pm. At 11.40pm, two passers-by stopped to try and help her when they found her lying in the snow. They said Libby was crying and agitated, but didn't want any help and was snappy and incoherent. They felt there was nothing they could do. A group of students then saw her outside their house and invited her in to check that she was okay, but she carried on walking, seemingly aimlessly. And authorities said given how cold it was that early morning, she could well have been suffering from the early side effects of hypothermia.
2: Days ...since Libby Squire was last seen and forensic officers from Humberside Police have spent today at the place where she was last spotted. They collected items of interest as their investigation into the missing 21-year-old student continues. Police say they're extremely concerned for her welfare. Specialist teams aided by Coast Guards are continuing their search efforts along the nearby River Hull. Students have also helped in the ongoing operation.
3: It doesn't feel real. It still feels like really surreal. We were talking like last night and it feels like something out of a movie and the second you don't like do anything you just get frustrated she's a lovely person and it's so out of character for something like this to happen please come home we know we love you all the support there's over 200 people in there for you please please come home soon
0: obviously when people go out and they drink sometimes you lose your phone or you can't get home quite as easy but she's always always made sure that she's found a phone or anyone she can contact to make sure someone knows she's safe ...regardless of what happened, so to not hear anything from her at all is completely not like her.
2: Libby got into a taxi outside the Welly Club in Beverly Road at 11pm on Thursday. Police believe she got out near her home in Wellesley Avenue, just a few minutes up the road. But she was then spotted on CCTV 45 minutes later here, at the junction with Hayworth Street. A male driver reportedly saw her sitting on a bench and got out to ask if she was OK... She said she was and he drove away. What happened next remains a mystery. Police said they're following up a number of leads and are keen to hear from anyone who was in the area where Libby was last seen. If anyone was driving around the area between 11pm on Thursday evening and 3am on Friday morning and has dash cam footage, we would urge them to come forward. Police efforts supported by the community and students in Hull continue three days since Libby Squire was last seen. Neil Connery, ITV News.
0: It wasn't looking good. However, police said they were still treating it as a missing persons inquiry. Although reporters said behind the scenes, the detectives were actually looking at it as an abduction. Libby's parents began making appeals. Libby, my darling pie, we just want to know that you're safe. Please get in touch with us any way you can. The whole family is missing you, especially me and your dad, sisters and your brother. I miss you so much. It's breaking my heart not knowing where you are.
2: Please come forward with any information you may have, no matter how small or relevant it may be. We just want Libby home.
0: The search parties were huge, and Libby's name was all over social media and the news. The university started collaborating with the police to arrange times and places to go out searching. Police asked residents to check their gardens, sheds and outbuildings to see if she may have taken shelter there. Door-to-door inquiries were being carried out, and bins and drains were being searched. Clothing that matched what she was wearing that night started circulating and they asked people spotted on the CCTV around the same time and area to please come forward. It was now national news and the biggest investigation in Humberside Police's history. Her phone was looked at but there was no evidence on this either to indicate that she had met up with anybody. Absolutely nothing was turning up and it really was down to the cameras to carry on piecing the jigsaw together.
1: It's day four of the search, and now experts are looking for clues in the water. This river is a few meters from where missing student Libby Squire went missing on Thursday night. On the road where Libby lives, the search effort is just as thorough. Police officers hoping to find even the smallest clue to piece together her last known movements.
2: We did discover a mobile phone which, despite analysis, has not provided any further insight as to where she may be or her movements at night. Whilst her location is not yet known, this does not mean she has come to harm. But we must carry out a thorough investigation and explore all possibilities.
0: Finally, police would receive their first big tip. A resident that lived near Oaks Road Playing Fields said he heard a woman screaming at around quarter past midnight and the noise was heard coming from around the wooded area. It was so loud it woke him up, and he knew the time was exact because he had checked his phone. He looked out of his window to see a man hurrying towards a car. Using this time frame, police went back and searched through the cameras again, and started working in reverse order. If what the neighbour heard was indeed Libby, it meant there was around a 30 to 40 minute window between when she was first seen walking around the streets to that specific point in time. It had definitely narrowed a lot down. Finally, they saw something on the footage. They noticed a silver Vauxhall Astra had been circulating the area for hours before Libby was last seen. It was just driving round and round, for seemingly no reason. Just before midnight, this very car was seen pulling in at the end of the road, close to where Libby was walking. A person stepped out and crossed the road quickly to follow her. Libby appeared to be stood still near the bus stop, but she was actually walking back in the direction of her house. The person then crossed back over and started walking along the other side of the road. It appeared that whoever it was had crossed the road to see who, if anyone, Libby was with... and gauge what the situation was. They stopped for a minute... before crossing back over the road and talking to Libby. Five minutes then passed when the pair were walking together... but in the opposite direction Libby had been heading in. Libby was on the pavement and the driver was sat in the car. Authorities saw a few more headlights come and go... and believed whoever the driver was was waiting for the coast to be clear, before continuing on. At 12.08am, Libby got inside whoever's vehicle it was, and the car drove off. Her watch was later found in that exact area. Something had caused it to come off, and police theorised that there was likely a point where either the driver physically tried to coax her in, or grabbed her arm to pull her in. It was such a vital piece of footage... One that if the car had been parked even a foot further away, would probably have been useless. They now had a description of the car and going off of what the residents had said, a time frame and a potential location for where the car had ended up with Libby. Sure enough, the car was tracked as it pulled into Oak Road's playing fields. 10 minutes then passed, and this was around the time the resident heard the screams. The car lights then came on, and the car exited the fields and headed back out onto the streets. Two women then also came forward with a separate complaint, but one that would ultimately be a huge lead as well. They reported that at around 3 am, a man had stepped out in front of them on the streets and started masturbating. They were horrified but he didn't seem bothered at all, relishing in just how uncomfortable they were. Using this time, location and description, they found the man in question. Everything matched up, and it was the same man in the same car. They now had a clear image of their person of interest. Following his movements in the hours before and days afterwards, they got a hit on the car's number plate. On February 6th, the police announced that they had made an arrest in connection with Libby's disappearance.
3: A mile from where she was last seen, a week since she vanished. Forensic investigators have been at this house since last night. Here, a 24-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of the abduction of Libby Squire. Officers also recovered a car as part of an investigation which has increased in tempo in the last 24 hours
2: quarter past nine, two plainclothes policemen knocked on the door and they were seeking access to the back garden of the house next door because they wanted to block off um, any escape route if um, anybody tried to leave that way when the police entered at the front door.
3: At around midnight tonight, it will mark seven days since Libby vanished. On the land and in the water... The search continues into her disturbing disappearance. Earlier, a specialist police marine unit examined local waterways. Others carried out a search of the wooded areas adjacent to it. The last few days have seen her shocked fellow students, as well as staff and the wider community, holding vigils.
1: The car was parked down this quiet, secluded side street, which is actually a dead end. There are terraced houses either side. Libby was last seen on the main road there, about 20 paces from where I am now. The car was here for approximately 20 minutes before it drove off down this road at exactly the same time that it's believed Libby disappeared.
0: The person they had arrested would turn out to be 24-year-old Pavel Relevich a married father of two who worked as a butcher. Pavel had moved to the UK from Poland as a teenager and went to a catering college near Hull. And as well as being arrested on suspicion of the abduction of Libby, he was also arrested for sexual offences. They finally had their person of interest in custody. Neighbours said all they saw was a hard-working man, someone who enjoyed the gym, baking and long walks with his young family. He was always friendly, polite and smiley. There was nothing into ward at all. But, little did anyone know, Pavel would soon rack up a string of crimes and police had actually just caught a very dangerous individual. Pavel lived very close to where Libby was last seen and the fields from where the screams had come from. After taking his prints in a DNA sample, it turned out he was linked to several other crimes, going back almost two years For a long time, Pavel had been breaking into people's homes, peering through windows watching couples have sex, and following women on the streets, often exposing himself to them. Sometimes he would break into houses, steal underwear, and leave used condoms around. One woman woke up one night to find Pavel staring at her through the glass of her bedroom door. She texted her housemates who chased him out and tried to get a photo, but it just wasn't clear enough. Another time he did this, it was actually on the same street that Libby lived on. Although fingerprints were often lifted and DNA was taken from the houses, Pavel had no criminal record, and a match to him was never made. But now there was, and a lot of matches to say the least. According to sources, it was fairly obvious that Pavel was a sexual deviant from an early age, and by his own admission, he was unable to control his urges and had an addiction to hardcore and violent pornography. He would often tell his wife he was going for an evening run, but instead, he would prowl the streets, looking for open windows to look in or climb through, or women walking alone, so he could follow them and expose himself. It had now been seven days since Libby had gone missing, and the police were conducting a thorough review of their person of interest's house and vehicle. Whilst his house turned up nothing... Inside his vehicle was a different story. There was dirty underwear, sex toys, used condoms, photographs of women clearly taken without their permission, and various items that he had stolen from houses. When he was asked about Libby, he denied having ever seen her in his life. But when the CCTV was put to him, he changed his story, saying he had picked her up that night to help her, calling himself a good Samaritan, and offered to take her home. He said he drove her to Oak Fields and then drove off. He then went back to his house where he had a bath and watched pornography on his phone. It wasn't quite an admission, but it was enough to at least place him at the scene. And given what the residents had said about the screams, they knew there was far more to this story. Detectives said they felt this was probably no longer a missing persons case and that Libby had been met with harm. They had enough to formally charge Pavel with 13 sexual offences from various points in time, but they were told there still wasn't enough to link him directly to Libby. Seven weeks after Libby had gone missing, the case would take a huge shift. A fisherman in the Humber estuary found a badly decomposing body floating in the water. Around the neck, was a little necklace with the letter L on it.
1: After seven weeks, Libby's family were told yesterday that a body had been found in the Humber estuary. Tonight, they got the news they'd been dreading as police confirmed it was Libby's body. A post-mortem examination that began this afternoon continues tonight as police try to establish what caused Libby's death. They say this is a hugely distressing time for her family and a very difficult time for all those who've been involved in the investigation over the last seven weeks. The University of Hull has released a statement saying our hearts go out to Libby's family and friends at this incredibly difficult time and we will continue to give them our full support. A 24-year-old man arrested in connection with Libby's disappearance remains under investigation. At the place where she was last seen, tonight people have already begun to pay their respects.
0: Testing confirmed that Libby had been raped before being killed. Her body was so severely decomposed that it was not possible to determine a cause of death. And it was unconfirmed whether she was already dead when she went into the water or not. The pathologist said she could have died from asphyxiation or drowning, but could not be certain. But police felt confident that her body had been pushed into the River Hull behind the fields, and she had floated out into the River Humber. Everyone was devastated, and Lisa was even more upset when she found out where her daughter's body had been found. Libby had a huge fear of water and wasn't a strong swimmer. Wondering whether she was alive or not when she went into the river only added to the heartbreak, Lisa said. As word started to spread that this was now a murder inquiry, Lisa posted to Facebook and said, I cannot thank you enough, my darling pie, for making me a mummy, for choosing me to be your mummy. I kept you safe for as long as I could, and I am so sorry I could not keep you safe on that night. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. It was now August 2019, seven long months since Libby had first gone missing. Pavel was now due in court to face the other charges, which he was pleading not guilty to. However, he changed his plea last minute and entered a plea of guilty to nine counts in total, four counts of voyeurism, two counts of outraging public decency, and three counts of burglary between 2017 and 2019. He was sentenced to eight and a half years, but this was reduced to just under six after a successful appeal. Authorities were thankful he was now locked up, and they continued their investigations into him without fear of him fleeing the country. All they could do was continue to build their case against Pavel, looking through quite literally thousands of hours of footage to further solidify his movements on the night that Libby had got into his car. More footage showed him driving back out to the same location at about 2.30 in the morning, just two hours after he was initially there with her. He stayed for a few minutes before heading back into town, which is when he exposed himself to the women on the street. This was the final piece they needed. Pavel would have no reason to go back there, unless he was concealing things and covering up evidence. More tests also came back, after months of waiting. These showed that Pavel's DNA was on and inside Libby's body. Pavel then changed his story. He said that Libby had essentially thrown herself at him and the pair had had consensual sex in the fields before he left her there. But it was clear that this was not the truth, and detectives now had enough to again put forward their case, hoping to be allowed to file charges for rape and murder. While they waited, in October 2019 almost 300 people gathered for Libby's funeral. Just two weeks after this, the police made the announcement that they had been hoping to make for so long and one the public had been waiting for. After consulting with prosecutors, Pavel Relovich was charged with the rape and murder of Libby Squire. As he was read the charges in the police car via a translator, he started to laugh, appearing completely unfazed. His own mother said, I know in my heart that Pavel did not do anything to this girl. He is a good boy who respects women. She added, however, that her heart was breaking for the Squire family, and said that if it turned out her son had done something, he should be punished to the fullest extent. Pavel pleaded not guilty, maintaining his story of it being a casual consensual hookup, and the trial, after many delays due to the pandemic, finally began in January of 2021. The prosecution put forward a damning case. Pavel was a highly dangerous predator whose crimes had escalated to such a degree that he was willing to do anything to fulfill his sexual perversions. He saw women as objects and got a thrill out of frightening them. From the second he saw Libby that night, alone, cold, upset and vulnerable, she was his target, and he knew instantly what he was going to do the second she got into his car. They said if it wasn't Libby, it would have been someone else, sober or intoxicated. On that day or another, he was intent on raping and most likely killing someone, and it just so happened to be Libby on that fateful night. But the defence were focused on the less than 10 minute window he would have had to commit the crime. If his car pulled into the fields at 12.11 and the screams were heard at 12.14 and then he was back out and driving by 20 past 12 it left a less than 10 minute window for all of this to happen in. But the prosecution said it was absolutely possible given the fact that Libby was probably unable to fight back, unsteady on her feet, and Pavel was incredibly fit and determined in that moment to do what he ultimately did. Prosecutors also said they didn't have to prove that he had done absolutely everything in that small window either. The DNA evidence and the CCTV spoke for itself. Given the fact he returned to the scene two hours later anyway, this was the time he could have easily cleaned up the evidence and moved Libby's body. Prosecutors said that it was clear he was always looking for more, to push things further, and, when breaking into homes and watching women was no longer fulfilling, it would only be a matter of time before he took it further still to satisfy his urges. And the reason he was getting more brazen with his crimes was because he could. He was getting away with it, time and time again. After a difficult trial lasting two weeks, the jury began to deliberate.
1: Breaking news on the Libby Squire murder trial and Pavel Relevich has been found guilty at Sheffield Crown Court of raping and murdering the Hull University student Libby Squire. Sky's Katerina Vitozzi is live outside Sheffield Crown Court for us. Yes, just in the last few minutes, the jury, which has been deliberating for five days now, coming back uh, with guilty verdicts for both counts of murder and rape. But Relevich and his defence team throughout say Uh, that although he uh, did admit to having sex with the university student, he said that was consensual, but a jury now uh, deciding that in fact it was rape and that he then was guilty of her murder.
0: He was found guilty by an 11-to-1 majority. He was later jailed for life with a minimum term of 27 years. Upon sentencing him... The judge said that Libby did not stand a chance that night and said that Pavel may never be released. And if he is, he will be monitored for the rest of his days. He called the whole case unimaginatively harrowing. If he is successful in his parole applications, he will be in his early 50s. Firstly, we would like to thank everybody for their love and support over the last two years. We've both really appreciated it. Our special thanks go out to the police teams and the other agencies that were involved with Libby's case from the outset through to today. As a family, today's verdict changes nothing for us. There is no closure, we don't get to have Libby back and our lives don't revert back to normal. However, we are pleased that all the hard work and dedication of the police and legal teams has been recognised. Libby will always be with us, and we are all so proud of our beautiful, caring, wonderful girl. And although she has been physically taken from us, the memories we have and the love we share will never be taken. Thank you. Thank you. After his conviction, his wife separated from him and moved back to Poland. She maintains to this day that their relationship was nothing but good, and she was horrified when everything came out, as it was not the man she knew. Lisa remains committed to campaigning to change the laws around non-contact sex offences, asking for harsher sentences. Police joined forces with the Squire family with a campaign that urged people to report what is considered low-level sex offences. Lisa even had a meeting with the then Prime Minister Boris Johnson where she argued that whole-life tariffs should be automatic for anyone convicted of murder. She said that Boris Johnson told her there aren't the prison spaces. Lisa responded, Well then build more prisons, it's as simple as that. Anyone who goes out and takes a life should be given a whole life tariff. End of. In 27 years Libby doesn't come back. I don't get my daughter back. My children don't get to have their sister back. We have a whole life sentence to live. In 2022, Lisa said she wanted to meet with Pavel in prison to talk about what had happened that night. Pavel agreed. A lot of people don't understand this. I don't hate him. I'm not angry with him. I just want information from him. I don't wish to forgive him. I don't wish to understand why he did what he did. For me, it's very much about finding out how she was in those last 20 minutes of her life. It's actually quite a brave thing for him to do. To agree to see me in the first place is a big thing, and I am grateful. Nothing he can tell me can be worse than what goes on in my imagination, Lisa said. But in February 2023, Pavel retracted the agreement, saying he felt that he had been portrayed as a bad person in the media because of the Squire family, and, as a result, he no longer wanted to talk to Lisa. For Lisa, who quite frankly had shown nothing but grace towards him, it was a huge blow, and clearly his way of keeping some element of control until the end. Libby's family have continued to show an unwavering level of decorum and strength, channeling all their energy and efforts into hopefully making changes to the laws and keep Libby's memory alive Lisa said every morning in that lull between sleep and waking up I still think life is normal then I wake up and remember Libby is gone sometimes the grief takes me by surprise looking at pictures of Libby that I've looked at a million times in tears thinking why has someone taken this lovely human being